Hello, and welcome to another episode of RAN. We booked it. Today, we are talking about bad lessons that books we've read promote. <laughs> AKA, they didn't, like, because when I was looking at my bookshelf for this, I was like, well, these books have, like, bad things in them, but the bad thing is what they're working against. Yeah. So ones that they didn't address like that. But before we get started, make sure to check out our Instagram. I post fun stories on there every once in a while, not I remember. Yeah. <laughs> we post about when we finish books, if we finish book goals. Yeah, just little fun stuff. So check it out. You get more updates than you would just on the streaming service you use. I'll start us off with um, one that is kind of addressed in the series. But I haven't finished the series, so I'm putting it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but the Loom Saga is a trilogy. I've only read the first two books. That's It's something for a book goal for next year, okay? <laughs> of actually <Yeah>. finishing that. <laughs> but one lesson that it promotes and like starts to address in the second book, but that doesn't fully get addressed, and therefore I can put it on here for now, is like that new slash different equals like bad which it doesn't mm -hmm. because yeah one of the main characters like motivations is literally like i need to stop them from changing things mm. so and then like one of the other uh main main characters gets like is talking with someone after the other two leave her behind um and he's like, no, 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 see, the change was good, because we were literally destroying the Earth. So... Or, not Earth, wherever they live, wherever they live. Whatever fantasy world they live on, they were, like, destroying that. But that's that lesson, because new or different doesn't mean bad. It can be good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Alright. One of the first ones I thought of was um, the Naturals series which I just finished and the whole premise is like these teenagers are hunting down serial killers and so I think the bad lesson they're promoting is that you know these teenagers with you know they have a history of trauma but they're so gifted so of course they can handle hunting down like killers and being involved with cults and you know all this fun stuff and uh, I feel like that's not exactly the best thing. <laughs> I like how they were like, like, oh, they have trauma? Let's head more. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it they kind of dive into, like, their trauma made them to, like, helped them to read people or, like, read situations. And it helped, like, give them these wonderful sleuthing gifts. But at the same time, it's like they're the only ones who can do it. It doesn't matter if, if they have trained FBI agents on the case. Somehow, only these teenagers can figure it out. <laughs> so it's a little bit of that, like, adults are useless trope. And I'm, I was willing to look past it to read the books, but I do think, like, <laughs> it is a little bit, um, it doesn't really promote, like, you know, healing yourself, I think. So, 
That's funny. I like you're like I looked past it just for the book. Yeah. <laughs> just for the book. Sometimes that's what you gotta do. Uh, I'll give you mm-hmm. my example of sometimes that's what you gotta do. With given to the earth, um, which the bad lesson that's promoted there is cheating on your husband with his best friend, or uh, <sighs> screwing over your best friend by screwing his wife <sighs> and getting her pregnant. <sighs> Ooh. Oh man, no! And they they try to excuse it as like there's there's a whole thing, but they try to excuse it as like the the wife doesn't like to touch mm-hmm. people, especially men. So anytime her husband like does like touch her, even just friendly, because he's not he's not pushing anything. He's very polite. He's very respectful. Mm-hmm. She's like no, but the best friend, she's fine with. And before. The husband and wife got married. She and the other and the best friend, like, had, like, air quotes, but, like, a thing. Because they both liked each other, but, like, nothing ever, like, for real um, or serious. And then the husband and wife, they, like, kind of had to get married, like, last minute. Like, didn't plan to whatsoever. But then it happened. So that's, like, their excuse. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, part of their oh, other okay. excuse is the husband is in love with the best friend's twin sister. Ooh. So, like, there's there's this whole excuse. Um, but, no. <laughs> no, there's no excuses. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that infidelity, you know, we gotta... It's the infidelity for me. <laughs> <laughs> we love infidelity! Woo! No! No. No. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that that's, and the thing is, like, it's fr- the it like the characters like frown upon it, but there's no like real repercussions. Oh, interesting. So it's just kind of like, oh, well, that's awkward. Yeah. Oh, that's a little uh, funky. Anyways, yeah. moving on. You can you can <laughs> move. <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Um, on, like, a similar note of, like, relationships, like, and we did a whole podcast episode on, like, specifically talking about how, like, books can promote toxic relationships and stuff. Um, I just wanted to mention Twilight again. (laughs) Um, and my thing for this was, you know, stalking, manipulation, and trying to control someone is, you know, that's just so hot. It's it's romantic, and it's just... That's, like, one of the best ways to show your love. Mm. And, you know, being obsessive, being controlling, that just means the person cares about you. So, um, I completely disagree. <laughs> Man, those characters must have never felt love in their lives, honestly. Like, if that's what they no. think, oof. Yeah. You should be a little more and worried like, about them. Uh, yeah. They are... They just don't see it. It's it's so easy to be on the outside of this fictional world and be like, Bella, do you not do you not see girlfriend? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's just it's weird thinking back on it because I've seen the movies, I haven't read the books, but it's weird thinking mm-hmm. back on it. Like, this series as books, became popular enough to turn into movies 
And that's the main relationship. Yes. It's our main it's our main example of Yeah, like, main example. <laughs> yeah, it's like very idealized and romanticized, like, you know I feel like the author really wanted the readers to like want to be like Bella <laughs> and like it I think it just promotes like oh in order for in order to be loved I I have to be manipulated or controlled or I I need to have someone protect me or it promotes the idea of wanting multiple people to have affection for you. Yes. In a very, like, intense fashion that's not actually healthy yes. for anyone. Yes. Yeah. The only... It kind of promotes this idea of, you know, you're only worth something if more than one person... It, like is seeking your affection and that is not true no. <laughs> you do not need to have a love interest like you don't need to have anyone in your life to be worth something tell them rose <laughs> I, i'm so passionate about this too <laughs> no that's gonna be me in a little bit that's gonna be me trust me <laughs> i got two examples i'm gonna get very angry about Ooh. All right, share. <laughs> no, those are for the finale, Rose. First, oh, okay, we move on okay. to the Beast get... Player, which, first off, I love this book. Um, But the bad lesson, and this it's not always a bad lesson, but I think it can be a bad lesson, is making exceptions. Mm-hmm. So, in this book, the main character basically asked if exceptions can be made for her, and she doesn't follow these rules that all of the caretakers for the royal beast are supposed to follow. So that way she can help this one royal beast and raise it differently. And, like, basically just scientifically see, like, what's different between the beast I've seen in the wild? Why do they look different from the ones in captivity? Does it have something to do with these rules? So she's just very curious. But she asked for these exceptions, exceptions to be made for her. And they are... And it does put her and everyone else in dangerous situations. Mm. So, as much as I can understand, like, there wouldn't be a book if exceptions weren't made. And a lot of times that's how books are made, is exceptions are made. And thus creates conflict and plot. At the same time, like, there's a time and place to make exceptions. In real life and in books. Yes, absolutely. So... That one's not always a bad one, but it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright. My next one is the Renegades trilogy. And, you know, my favorite author, Marissa Meyer, she she wrote this. <laughs> oh uh, no! <laughs> oh no, you had to put this on here. <laughs> oh I'm so sorry for Rose. Oh no. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I'm just, you know, even those those authors that we love, you know, they are perfect. And I still love her. <laughs> it just hurts a little, doesn't it? Um, it, it does hurt. It does. 
I don't we don't like to acknowledge that the people we love are flawed. Um <laughs> anyways, so this one I feel like we could do a lot of things. We could talk about a lot of um little bad lessons this trilogy promotes. But the one that really stuck out to me was that like we have these seasoned villains and superheroes and they've been trying to make this world work you know each side against the other has they've been trying to win um but they just you know they just can't do it anymore they 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 had their war they tried to make their government happen and for some reason some people still don't have food and housing and stuff um they just haven't made a functional world so uh the teenagers are gonna take over and do that oh no (laughs) never listen teenagers can do some things (laughs) they shouldn't do a lot of things though agreed um and this one it plays into the uh to the naturals i think and the and the and the same trope of like you know adults are useless just can't do anything the teenagers they've got to be they they're the chosen the ones the next generation will solve our problems yeah. for us exactly because and that like, works doesn't it it yeah every time <laughs> um and let's just throw in some romance in there um see what happens uh, you know, the villains, we're gonna have a teenage girl go in and infiltrate the good guys. Because, you know, she she has trauma, hasn't slept in a while. That's her superpower. She doesn't sleep. Um, so we're just gonna go and <laughs> have her do this for us. And she's not gonna get attached. She's not a young girl who... Um, has feelings or anything. And is probably a bit naive to the world, so when she goes into a yes. group and sees more of it, she couldn't possibly see the own flaws in how we run things and our plans or any of that, right? Exactly. So, that's the renegades. <laughs> well, if you can mention a beloved author, I can as well. Shannon Messenger, I have a bone to pick. <laughs> I've got a bone to pick! Um, and this will bleed into the Effigy series as well, but Keeper of the Lost Cities angers me sometimes. Very much. And it's because of one character in particular. Fitz Vacker. Now, Fitz was the golden boy. Legitimately, that's what they called him. That was his nickname. He was the golden boy to society. But then, he got some anger issues, you know, because his brother, who he looked up to, turned out to be a really bad guy and be involved with the bad guys. And, you know, Fitz had to learn how to fight, and he was attacked, and people tried to kill him, and he's lived through all this trauma. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do for this boy? We're going to talk about how he is prone to anger and violence and be cautious around him instead of, I don't know, get him a therapist? It angers me. And what angers me is my friend who I met, I've made read the series is like, yeah, I don't like Fitz that much anymore. He's angry. I'm like, 
I wonder why he's angry all the time and can't connect with any of his friends anymore emotionally or vulnerably because he's angry all the time and everyone thinks that, oh, you can't be angry. That's not the right way to deal with your stuff. Everyone shut up, you annoying little pieces of trash. None of you are doing anything to help him not be angry. I'd be angry too. <laughs> so yeah, it promotes the idea of, you know, anger is not a good way to work out your emotions. But not only that, like, because it can be bad. But not only that, it doesn't just promote, like, anger is bad overall. It promotes anger means you should be cautious of someone and blame them for their anger mm -hmm. this is a child yeah he's a child no right someone get him it's help. not his fault someone get him yeah. help it's not his fault exactly and but and yet like literally in the unlocked the book 8.5 in the unlocked um in, like, his registry file, it talks about his anger and how, like, we need, like, the council's like, we need to keep an eye on him because of his anger and, like, tendency towards violence nowadays and stuff like that. Like, we need to just, like, make sure he doesn't go off the deep end instead of, like, I don't know, maybe helping him so you don't have to worry like that. It just, it bothers me so much mm -hmm. and I get so angry and I, I want to defend this boy so bad there are there are inappropriate ways to express your anger but it for this kid in his situation it is not his fault mm -mm. Um, so we need a little more support and you know, encouragement for him yes <laughs> everyone we need to petition yeah. Shannon to give him therapy. Yeah. And it's, it's like anger is not always a bad thing. It's not. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I don't think you'd really feel anger. Especially yeah. as often yeah. as it can be felt. Mm -hmm. Like, even like very small children feel anger. So like, kind of feels like a natural thing that people are allowed to feel. Yes. I don't know about you. I, I agree. No, I, I agree. And I think the excuse that could be made in this case is, oh, but, like, their society has never uh, encountered this before, so they're not equipped to deal with it. But mm -hmm. their society is right next... Like, they... Like they it's kind of set in the human world, but, like, with elves and all that stuff. But they can see how humans run things. So they can very clearly see, oh, therapy, something humans have to deal with emotional distress. Maybe we should try that since we're having quite a few more emotional distress problems than we used to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And that, that bleeds into my last one, if I can talk about that one before I, I allow you to speak. <laughs> Sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, but the effigies I mentioned is once again um, an area where it's like anger is bad. Um, where, first off, these four effigies, which control like air, water, earth, and fire, they're basically like 
I don't know. Like, this is like the Avatar The Last Airbender world, and there's the waterbenders or firebenders, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's only the four that can do that. And first off, all of them have trauma. All of them. Absolutely all of them. Yeah. The main character's family died in a fire, and her effigy power is fire. Ooh. <laughs> Big ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But they, they, they all, they all have so much trauma. None of them want to do their jobs either. Like the government or whatever agency is supposed to run this. None of them want to be there. One of them, like, is hiding in a circus. Because she just does not want to. And I don't blame her. Um, but one of them, I think it's the water one, um, was best friends with the previous fire effigy. Because when an effigy dies, it goes on to another girl. But mm-hmm. uh, the water one was like best friends with the fire one. Like she was the fire girl, like mentored her and took care of her. Like brought her out of like an orphanage where she was like kind of abused and neglected or something. Like, and that so then you know. But of course, in order to get to the main character, said fire person must die. And so she does, and she was actually murdered for many conspiracies. Um, and so, like, the water girl is just distraught with grief and very angry. Um, she mm-hmm. blames the main character, she blames all this and that, and then eventually she does join with the bad guys because she's just so angry. Because at some point, a, a lot of people were lying to her about the death of her, like, best friend. So, I mean, it's fair for her to be angry, but, like, just how, like, it was portrayed as her going, like, her literally joining the villains because she's so angry, essentially. Like, um, once again, we're allowed to be angry and um, I think if she's working for, like, a very big agency, they should pay for her therapy. Yeah. And I've said my piece. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we should all be allowed to be angry. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, all right, last one. We're, we're gonna end this one with a mid two thousand tens trend. Oh man! Uh, you said that, and I was like, "Oh, a peaceful time." <laughs> well, to to a degree. Depends on. Um, I don't know. Two thousand tens like covers until like twenty fifteen, honestly, and then twenty sixteen yeah. starts and lasts for four years. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> uh, um, but, so, we remember when The Fall in Our Stars came out, and then Everything Everything, and then I, si- I think Six Feet Apart, 
And I haven't read Six Feet Apart, but I have uh, read and seen like all all these movies and read everything, everything, and the full. I've stars. seen anyways Six Feet Apart, but you know this is like a sem. This was like a semi trend a a while ago, and it it kind of just promoted this being sick is desirable mindset, and you know it should be romanticized. And, um, I don't know about that. Because, <laughs> um, having cancer or an autoimmune disease is really not all that it's cracked up to be. Um, again, I think some people have it in their mind that in order to be desired or loved by someone, they need their... It's like this weird thing, like, something needs to be wrong or the situation needs to be similar to this i don't know like like to have people choose you despite something very i guess wrong with you even though an illness isn't something you can control exactly so yeah a little there's I don't really know what else to say about this. Well, I th- I agree. Like, it's romanticized. Like the like the being mm-hmm. sick part. Because mm-hmm. like, there are good days to being sick, and there are there are bad days. Right. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And when these things make it big in the media, how often are the lows going to be showed compared to the highs? Mm-hmm. And maybe even like the low, like six feet apart. The main low is the like the main character kissed the dude, which meant she needed like a lung transplant, transplant or something. Yeah, there was something because he had a like, worse version of her. Illness. Yes, and they weren't allowed to touch each other because they could have like transmitted yeah. it to well, each other. Well, he could hurt her uh, more than and she he, could. It was like, yeah. And I think, like, he wasn't up for... His, his sickness was to the point where I I don't think anything could have helped him, yeah. if I remember correctly, where she was, like, in line for a transplant, yes. and then them, like, running away from the hospital or whatever, like, just happens to coincide when um, a donor is ready for her. Um, I, th- I think that's what it is. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. But, but like, the tragic end of that isn't, like, what happened medically in that medical emergency. It's the fact that he had to leave. Yes. And I think that's something that happens with, like... Like, I think the Faulkner Stars also does this as well. Like, it's not the medical emergency that hurts. It's just the character leaving and six feet apart or dying in the fall nurses which dying is not dying is bad dying that's fine dying isn't great but and like i do understand like this these books also on the flip side they are talking about like it is hard to love someone who is sick and it is hard to see them whittle away into nothing and eventually pass away and I, I do respect these books for representing that because that is that is really hard and a lot of people are going through that. 
However, I like one of the main messages at the same time is like it that it's desirable in a way. Like look at look at these cool adventures these sick people are going on. Ooh. <laughs> like, that is and not it's, something it's you want to have from seen in today today the blah, blah, blah. no <laughs> that and would not I think go, that, that would get canceled very fast i feel yes so i think like it it is hard to even write about these kinds of stories cuz they can be so personal so you know props to them but at the same time it is like well you do realize that you know what like i don't know (laughs) well i think another way to look at it is like love is the savior yeah like oh like they're sick but they're in love right like (laughs) but no um (laughs) but they're still sick (laughs) if you if you're gonna focus on like other I feel like if you're gonna focus on other aspects of like if you're gonna do if you're gonna start anything with like oh this person's sick but like here's the love mm-hmm. story like maybe don't start with oh this person's sick mm-hmm. I think there are ways you could set up a story where a main character had an illness and you couldn't and like you could get through with the book without talking about it for quite a while and just show them living their life. And yeah. whatever adventures you want to send them on. Yeah. I think that would... Yeah. I think that, that's the I thing. That like, would... Don't start with... They're sick, but... Right. They're sick, but... Yeah. <laughs> don't... Don't try and romanticize it by adding, like, that but to it and that good thing in the end. Because mm-hmm. if you've seen or read The Fall and Our Stars are Six Feet Apart, um, I don't, because they're like, yes, they're sick, but they're in love. And then they're not because the other person's dead or gone. Yep. Like, thank <laughs> you. As like yes, they're sick, but they're in love, and now their significant other is gone. Like, do they mm-hmm. not have enough going on? Ah, there's a bug. Go away, bug. <laughs> oh, oh, just accidentally smeared it on my <laughs> computer oh, <no>. screen. Ew. <laughs> Oops. Oopsies. My bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's. I think that's all I gotta say on that. <laughs> and those are the bad lessons that books promoted. Yes. Um. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Remember to check out the Instagram. Yeah, we post about new episodes or, you know, random updates when we're not going to be doing episodes. So, you know, check us yeah, out. Yeah, beware of September. <laughs> that might be... Yeah. Yeah, September might be a weird month, yeah. so... 
We'll find out together, friend. <laughs> That's true. We're all on the same, the same timeline, honestly. Like, I'll find out just as soon as anybody else would. But, but as, as for now, now, we gotta book it. it.